Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews, this is Indie Comics. Alrighty guys, this is Tyler and I am here with the amazing Joey Foster of Joey Art. Hi! (laughs) Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great now that the heat has reduced because, yes. oh my gosh, it was too hot. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, California's not been fun. But then there's a lot of other states that are not doing well either, I guess. That's um, true. And some places are a little too wet and some are too cold. Uh, so I feel like the whole fire. U.S. right now is done. <laughs> <laughs> but um, done. Uh, so the, the pick of the, of the month is Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi. I don't know why I was having issues. I was like going through it over and over and over and over again. I love it. <laughs> but I was trying to go... No, it's- it's a long title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, and so um, I guess the first question I should ask is, what is Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi? Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi chronicles the adventures of a young Corgi who is actually a magical girl superhero. So the concept is you wake up one day and your dog says to you, by the way, I'm actually a magical girl and you're my new sidekick and we have to go defeat evil together. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like fun. I like that. I want um, my dog to do that in real life, for sure. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, like, your, your dog's just like, by the way, I can talk, and we can go on amazing adventures. I'd be like, yes, I don't need this <laughs> real world. Just, let me yep, just pack but, up okay. a few things, and let's go. Uh, <laughs> we'll just accept this and move. Like, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so is that how the idea kind of came about? You were just like, what if my dog could talk and take me on adventures? Is that how it kind of, like... Yes, it it was born when I was working at a theme park design place, and we were making this joke about my dog, like, oh, all corgis are actually superheroes. And I'm like, what if I actually drew that as a comic? And it actually was meant to just be a joke at first. I was just going to draw like 12 panels and just put it on my blog and be done with it. And then I was like, no, no, let's take this (laughs) all the way. And so now we're on issue three and still going. So (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And um, so you picked a corgi, which you're like – on the internet, like the most, like, disgustingly, like, famous and uh, cutest dogs in the world. Like, I love corgis. Um, yes. <laughs> they're, just, they're disgustingly cute at this point because they're just everywhere. Is that yes. why you picked a dog or do you have a corgi? I have a corgi. I have had her since she was about eight weeks old and she just turned seven or no, eight. She just turned eight. So I've had her for her entire life and she is always inspiring me to do art and jokes and comics and things. So the corgis online actually became popular after I adopted my corgi. Oh, so I'm a corgi hipster, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Before like the corgi day at the beach and stuff like that. Yes, exactly, which we still haven't been to because they always have it on the same weekends. It's a big convention I have to work. So. Yeah, I know. Every time. Because I've, I've always like, I just want to go over. Because I, don't, I don't have a dog. My apartment complex doesn't let, let us have dogs. But Oh, no. So oh, I always want to go to those beach things and just be like, just pet puppies and be like, oh. Just roll, like lay down and let them run all over you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I had a question. Um, so the human girl is a sidekick to the dog. Could there be another sidekick? Like I was thinking like maybe like a St. Bernard sidekick who's just kind of like well, there sometimes. <laughs> interesting that you should bring that up because issue three actually deals with that exact thing. That's the what? whole plot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am so good at guessing. <laughs> you are very good at guessing. Well, it, it seemed like it would make sense. Like eventually she's going to need more sidekicks, right? Yeah. So 
I mean, I don't want to spoil it, obviously, but the idea is, yes, there eventually become problems that are too big for just one Corgi and her human sidekick to solve. So she has to branch out and recruit some new friends. Ah, okay. Is he a drunk, though? Or she? <laughs> no, no, but that's actually a really fun idea. <laughs> That'd be like really hilarious. They're just they're just like, oh, this this horrible thing's happening, and he's just like, I'm gonna be over in the corner. I'm just gonna be like, and he, it just like pops and just starts drinking. Yeah, it's like it's just drinking dog beer. If you've ever heard of that, it's basically just chicken broth. So it's like hilarious. This dog is getting drunk, but it's just chicken broth. It's not actually alcohol. I didn't even he's know like, about oh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's fights some evil. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have fun with them. Be over here partying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's that's hilarious. Okay, so in this store, you are doing not only the writing, you're doing the coloring, the art, the the inking, the everything. Um, Yes, the absolute everything, top to bottom. And, and like, you're you're putting this stuff out, like, really, really quickly, which is, like, amazing. Like, every every convention I see you at, you're like, oh, yeah, this is the first issue. Then the second issue was, like, right there, like, a couple months later. It's crazy. It's awesome. That's really fun. I feel like I'm not going that fast. So yay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but you're doing other work as well. But um but yeah, so what actually takes up the most process for you? Like what do you like kind of like the most like um like like this this has to be perfect. Like this is the one thing that I don't know. Like, I guess there's some artists who are just like, "Oh, I have to have like the color perfect." Or the other ones is like, "No, I need like the detail and the shading," which I guess is coloring as well. I don't know. <laughs> I would say that the very first priority i have for my comic comics is that the visual storytelling is on like on what's the word i'm looking for on par on edge on cue i don't know uh one of those phrases <laughs> and uh basically it's like it's i need tier. the characters <laughs> to look like the characters i need the panels and the layout of the pages to read smoothly i need them to tell you what the story is you need to be able to figure it out not like you don't like i want i don't want people to read my comic books and like have to have the text like in a lot of times yeah you still need it for exposition and details and stuff but it's like i want you to be able to look at the panel and the page and be like oh, okay i get the general idea of something that's going on you know yeah. um so my visual storytelling and like so basically the drawing part is the most important to me and then like the writing has definitely become the second most important to me over time as i've been learning more about storytelling in general um and then, of course, I mean, color and lettering are also important. But I would say, for me, lettering's the the least important. And I, you can tell from Corgi number one to number three, I have learned so much about lettering because the lettering in Corgi number one is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> lettering is so tough. Like every yeah. time we talk to somebody, uh, like we had uh, Scott Fuzzy on last month, and he was talking like lettering is it, it's insane. And so, like, you know, there's a couple people out there who, like, mastered it, like, you know, like Richard Starkings and, yeah. and whatnot. Like, it's crazy. And I, but, um, you know, even talking to him when we, talk, when we interviewed him last, last year, we were talking a little bit about it. And it's just, it, it, it is so crazy how, like, detrimental it kind of is, kind of, yeah. like, as, like, for, especially for, like, like, when you, when you go and, like, see like a dc or marvel store like where you just have to go and be like all right everything has to be perfect they're the big two like the, it has to be i don't yeah bl- i don't believe that but you know i'm, I'm saying like i guess the common comic book creator <laughs> it's like oh yeah and then like for me um it like as lettering kind of like when you, when you read independent comic book it's awesome seeing how things grow and like with quality and like story and different ways of storytelling and stuff like that and it's it's kind of a way that you really really do um, like understand the characters a little bit more just from like how it looks I guess I don't know it's mm-hmm. it's really weird um, Rich, Richard 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 schooled me 
I don't know if it was only on the episode or if we were just sitting around sitting around talking after the interview, but he was telling me like like the importance of it, and I'm just like, God, this is amazing. I've never thought about it. I've been reading comic books for this long. Oh yeah, there's so, so much that goes into the making of a comic book, and you're right. Like if you look at a lot of web comics, if you look at the very first page versus the most recent page, the the difference in quality and storytelling and lettering and coloring and everything usually is astounding because the artist has learned so much through the process of doing yeah. and absorbing from others. Even if you compare Corgi number one and number three, the art is crazy different. The colors are crazy different. The lettering is re- like like I said, the lettering was atrocious because I didn't know anything about how to oh, letter yeah. and. You know, and so you just learn it through doing, and it's amazing how really in comics I say, oh, I have different priorities, but everything has to work, be top-notch and work together to really provide a good experience for yeah. your reader. And I think it's it's kind of cool, like, um, going back, like, when you're making a comic book and seeing, like, I mean, it's like anybody writing anything or creating anything, like, you kind of look back and you're just like, wow, I made a lot of mistakes, like, why did I do this mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then it's also just like, but this is like how it got started. And not only that, but the people who are like watching or reading or, you know, like, again, like whatever art you create, like the people who look at it, they actually see a progression too. And they see like how a story evolves, not only just for, you know, like, and, and it means a lot to them, like, like a lot to them. Because mm-hmm. to you, you're always going to be a harshest critic, but to the readers oh, who always read it, they're going to love it and they're going to understand. They, they're going to go back and see and they go, wow, like, look how this has changed and like how awesome it's become. Like, it's, it's kind of cool. And it's like, it's never a negative thing for like comic book creators. Like, for me, I went back and I started reading like a couple of, oh my gosh, what was, what was a comic book? Um, like, Fables. Like, Fables oh, at yeah. the beginning from the end. It's just like it's it's just like kind of like night and day a little bit, and then oh, but yeah. like I go back and I'm just like it makes it so cool, and I still love looking at it and seeing just like like look how like look how innocent it is, <laughs> and then it gets mm-hmm. to the end. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's just one thing I think is kind of. I feel cool. I feel like that's important. If people end up feeling like they become part of the process when they can be part of it back when the artist is is learning at the beginning, and then they. They were through. They were there through the evolution, so they yeah. end up kind of having an investment in the artist in a way. So exactly. yeah, it's important for people to be like, "Oh, I remember when they were at that spot. I was there." You know, it's <laughs> it's a me too kind of feeling, which is important for all human beings. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I know. So you do all those things, and you also. I mean, I'm guessing you have to do your own editing as well. What else do you yes. do for editing? Like, well, do you do you have other people that kind of help you out, like with different projects and stuff like that, or how do you? I- do I have what the the term is called circle of trust as coined by Chris Oatley of the Oatley Academy. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, he, the circle of trust is like your good friends who are schooled already in storytelling, art, comics, whatever, whatever have you for the thing you're working on. You have your select group of friends that you show your ideas to and they help you they give you feedback. They bounce ideas off of yeah. it. They help you polish up rough spots like, oh, hey, the composition of this is kind of funny for me. Like, here's this thing that I'm not sure if this is working or not, um, for, especially for storytelling. My husband is a screenplay writer and animator, so I end up showing him a lot of my stuff and we'll workshop stories together and I'll help him with his. <laughs> and then for a lot of like the art and things, I'll send it to like my friends like Chris Christine and Kelly and then in for illustration I'll send it to like my friend Alexandria and the other Kelly I know like 85 Kellys sorry (laughs) but but, and I'm friends one Kelly two I know, like Kelly, Kelly three, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Kelly fourteen. I don't know, not so much, but Kelly sixteen. <laughs> Kelly sixteen. She and I are bros. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's I. I definitely 
show my work at a lot of various stages to my friends and I very much value their feedback. You know, you get critiques where there's some parts where you're like, okay, like I can see where they're coming from. That won't work for me. But then you also have parts you take away where you're like, this will really help my piece and it will help push it to be the best it can be. And so I've had a lot of great input throughout the years. And Corgi number one, I did not have as much feedback and input as I did with Corgi 3. And I think Corgi 3 is a much better product for having those people in place. That's really cool. Um, So like, yeah, I was actually going to ask, but I think you already answered, but yeah, like what you would suggest, like people who are kind of now interested in becoming, you know, web comic creators or even like making their own little self-publishing comic creators, like, you know, what you would do. But yeah, the circle of trust is actually really cool. So yeah, if you want to create comic circle of trust, find people who yeah. Well, because that's the thing. If you put it out there in general in public for feedback, you're not going to necessarily get something that's valuable. People on the internet just love to hate on things. And sometimes they have well-meaning feedback, but it doesn't actually help you in any way because yeah. they may not understand the medium that you're trying to to put forward. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um Okay, so you know you create web comics like you were saying, and also you work for uh, some major independent publishers. Mm-hmm. And um, so, how do you see the comic books and kind of, or how do you see comic books and web comics kind of the same and also different in that front? Because a lot of what independent comic book publishers allow you to have creative own stuff. Hmm. Um. Well, I would say I would say that they are very they're very similar, obviously, in a lot of ways because it's all comics. But I would say what's interesting about web comics and people who create their own web comics and small press kind of indie things is because they have one hundred percent complete creative control. So for example, you can put anything in there that may not necessarily be fundable by a larger publisher. For example, they're like, oh, well, we don't, that's not a proven thing. Like you can take risks. You can go out on a limb. You can tell a crazy story about a corgi who's a superhero. That may not necessarily ever be interesting enough to a larger publisher to put the money into. So I feel like- I'm sure it would. It's awesome. And it's by you. (laughs) Maybe somebody. (laughs) But the point is that you can take more risks and you can do more interesting things when you have that freedom. And I mean, obviously, it's harder to get your work out there because of the fact that, you know, larger publishers have um, they have bigger distribution channels like Diamonds. They get into comic book stores. They have, you know, they have big press releases. They do panels at Comic-Con. Whereas for indie creators, it's more about word of mouth and who runs into you at a convention and building it over time. So there are pros and cons to both. That's why I recommend to people like kind of have a mix of both in your life. Like, like work for publishers, do some of that, but then also make your own stuff to kind of diversify Diversify your streams so that you get your creative fulfillment and your own projects and you can have that freedom, but then also, you know, get paid. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's always that's always the, the best thing in the world to get paid. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so one day, maybe the Grand Geek Gathering will make money. <laughs> no. Um, or... <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> More content. Um, okay, so, you know, would you rather work on – okay, so, you know, you, you've been working at these really cool studios. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, what other studios have, have you really worked with, actually, I guess, for the listeners who don't know you? Um, so I got my start with Thrillbent. I worked on the title called Everstar. I was in charge of all of the art and coloring for that, as well as the character designs and environmental designs. Um, and then from there, I went into working for Boom. I've been doing mostly coloring for them. I worked on Adventure Time, Lumberjanes, uh, and one called Clarence, which is oh, another, okay. I think it's another Cartoon Network property, Yeah, I believe. So, um, and it's actually really cute. It's 
the one I worked, one of the ones I worked on was when Clarence and his buddies went to a summer camp where there was a ghost chicken. It was quite entertaining. So I worked for them. I've also done penciling work for Aspen Comics. I've been in both of their, the last two years, Halloween Comic Fest, last year's and the one that's upcoming. Um, and I've also started working for some smaller indie publishers as well, like one named Cloud Wrangler Comics. Um, and uh, just some couple, couple of other like small independent artists that I know who need to they need coloring work or they need penciling work or whatever. So yeah, that's so cool. Ah, that's a- the stuff I do. Yay! And then I also, I mean, I have a whole like illustration branch because I've of my business. I've done tabletop gaming. I've done theme park design. I've and I'm currently trying to branch into kidlit publishing. So. Okay, that is awesome. Those are things I did not know about you. Surprise! <laughs> Amazing! Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, like, would you rather work on? Oh, actually, yeah. So, is, is Heavenly Corgi like Heavenly Kibble Guardian Corgi? Is that a limited run? Do you have it kind of like in mind to keep kind of go going on, or? It is planned on being a limited run. I'm planning to finish the entire story by issue five so that okay. then I can go to trade paperback and can, uh, people can buy the whole collected story altogether. It isn't meant to keep going and going and going because I have a particular story that I'm wanting to tell. And when it's done, it's done. And I yeah. prefer stories that have an ending in mind personally, because otherwise you can kind of ramble forever and you're like, yeah, I don't. I what do I do? <laughs> I don't know. One piece already has is always had an ending in mind. He just keeps writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you know anything about. Really work. It does work well for some people, for sure. <laughs> um, but for me, I like to I like to have a complete story in mind. Like so, there's a, a graphic novel that I've been working on, kind of writing and throwing ideas around. It's definitely something I would want to do an entire contained story, yeah, beginning to end, and then do it as just one book. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I hear you. I yeah. wouldn't want like a 900 episode anime and like a 60 no, not even like a 160 volume it's volume a, it's series. <laughs> it's it's a lot to do, and especially because I have a lot of stories I want to tell, so I want to keep ones I tell at least for now uh, segmented. Like it's like we we have a complete story here. Okay, that's finished. Now we've got a complete story here. Okay, that's yeah. finished. So I can get out more of my ideas. It's just a shame. It takes so long to draw and color all of these things. I can't possibly ever tell every story I want to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Well, that's the other thing, you know, when you're so creative, you come up with like all these different stories like me, like there's so many things I want to make and I can't either budgetary or budget. Yeah. Budget reasons or just I don't have the means to do them, but yeah, not, not enough time <laughs> <laughs> or the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, do you kind of have like, I mean, if you were to have like this one story and have you ever had like an ongoing story in mind, you're like, yes, I actually could do like 200 issues of that. Like, have you actually created one? Like kind of, and like in the back of your mind, you're like, like, I want to do this, but then I kind of don't, but then I really do. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's funny that you bring that up. The graphic des- or the graphic novel that I specifically was just talking about, I could easily spread into like 200 issues, but I, I, d- I also recognize that that's that wouldn't serve the story well. Like I could yeah. absolutely drag it out that long. And same thing with Clucked, the other title that I created. Like we we create Joel and I, my husband, created it to so that's like we have our overarching story, but we figured out ways we could make it longer if we had really wanted to spread it out into a 200 issue thing. But again. I end up feeling like having a more complete, compact story ends up serving the overall storytelling better. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm realizing I'm more of a graphic novel artist at heart than I am just an ongoing series kind of gal. So I'm just curious to see how that ends up working out as I keep making comics. That's so that's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I don't. I'm one of those people who just kind of like 
I have an idea, then I want to expand it. Like, I created a comic book story, and this is weird, because I was talking to Fuzzy about this, um, and it's like, I started creating the story in third grade, created a superhero and a villain, and then it's changed tremendously, like, it's nothing exactly the same, but if I were to do it into a comic, I have 300 handwritten pages of wow. just a blueprint. Wow. So it could go on forever, pretty much. I have, yeah, like 64 characters. It's 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 crazy. Um, wow. It's really long. And then I have a sequel in mind <laughs> to the story. <laughs> so uh, I'm not good at I'm not good at limiting my, myself. I'm writing a web series right now that hopefully we're shooting in February. And I wanted it to be like 12 episode, um, like, what was it, like 15 minute long, you know, episodes until Eric... You know, like, um, you know, my, my my partner on the whole, you know, GGG thing, um, until he was like, "Yeah, we don't have the budget for that, and that's not happening." And so <laughs> now I'm limiting myself to, th- to uh, four minute episodes, only six episodes for the first season. I'm like, "No," but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I actually really, I actually, oh, I, I actually prefer this. Yeah, no, I actually prefer <laughs> the, the product, so I can't wait to shoot it. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I want to ask you, what do you do when you suffer from writer block, writer's block? Oh gosh, that is, that definitely was something that I was dealing with a little bit earlier this year. When I'm when I'm suffering from just in general writing and creative block where nothing sounds that exciting and I really just don't want to work on anything, I find that I have to do what's called filling my creative juice box. So imagine like a juicy juice box. I remember those yeah. in your lunches at elementary school. <laughs> like the juice inside is your creativity. And if you don't constantly refill it with juice, you're going to end up, the whole box will collapse because you know, like when you suck too hard on the straw and the whole thing just yeah. <laughs> so um what I'll do is I'll um I'll consume other media. I will read other graphic novels, I will watch movies, I will watch TV, I'll go to the museum, I'll go on a trip. Like for example, my husband and I will go up to visit his family in Oregon and they have a lot of really beautiful vistas up there that really inspire oh. me a lot of the times. Uh so that that kind of thing, like re- basically research and enjoying life and allowing life to inspire me and put that juice back in the juicy juice box (laughs) i like that i actually really like that i love asking (laughs) that answer because we actually never or that i like to ask that answer ask that question (laughs) Uh because we never get the same answer so i I love it and that's awesome i'm sure you don't yeah i mean you get all kinds of stuff exactly yeah some people get like really philosophical and it's really cool and i love it and then i like the juicy and and then i like juice boxes now i'm really thirsty I pretty much speak only in metaphors, so that's my way of getting through life is explaining absolutely everything with metaphors. So I feel like that'll work well for my blog, you know, like just, here's another metaphor for life and how to deal with it when you're a creative person. So never ask Joey for directions anywhere. Yeah, because I'll be like, okay, so in your mind, yeah. the roadmap is just like a roller coaster. You're like, no, stop. I need yeah. actual directions. You'll take a right like a raven would during the <laughs> – <laughs> Like exactly. what are you talking about? Just, how do I get? To, how do I get to Target? <laughs> the Target's in your mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Target's wherever you aim. Stop! Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so um, you have five issues of cor- uh, of we're gonna get a, of Guardian Corgi, which is mm-hmm. cool, limited run, woo, and then trade paperback. So it is in the future, hopefully. And that is yes. awesome. I can't. I can't wait to have that on my shelf. And then, um, so what is the next uh, convention, and when will three be available? Well, three is already available. Ah, uh, whoops. You can find it on my website if you like. It's joeyfoster.com. and I recently switched website domains. So in case anyone hasn't 
updated has an old updated uh url it's joeyfoster.com okay. um i don't i actually don't know when my next convention is going to be as of yet i mean for sure definitely wondercon of next year i do wondercon every year i'm hoping to do emerald city comic-con next year as well because i i did it two years ago and it was amazing last I year i just it attended so as a pro it's such a wonderful show so i'd really like to exhibit there again if possible um but I've actually been doing less shows overall recently, and I'm hoping to ramp up again perhaps next year. It was this this year was kind of one of those internal years, you know, where uh, I, I don't know. I was just kind of re- refilling the creative juice box, so to speak. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome. Um, okay, cool. Um, and so so you won't be at Stanley's Comic Con as of right now. I will be there as a as a pro. I will be attending, so you might see me there, but I, do, I will not have a table. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, okay, and then uh, where can we buy Guardian Corgi? Well, you can buy it at any convention that I have a table at, and also you can go. There are some links on my website. If you go to uh, you go to my comic section, there's a uh, there's a link on here called books. If you go on the book section, you can look at each individual title and see links where you can go to buy it online in print or digital. Cool, perfect. Alrighty, so go on, go on the website, go to books. Um, yes. and all right. Anything else that we should look forward to? You already, um, kind of teased the Aspen, um, Halloween. Yes. Yeah, so the Halloween comic fest, which is the Saturday before Halloween. So I think it's the 28th. I want to say what, I don't have a calendar in front of me. I don't me, know. It's I, Saturday oh, directly before Halloween every year. Uh, diamond puts on this event where comic book shops around the, around the country, maybe around the world, the but perhaps just the country offer free comic books and Aspen does one every year. And so this one is a choose your own adventure comic, which I think is a fascinating idea where basically the Aspen crew kind of gets split up into three different branches and they all have to come back together and there's tons of puzzles and activities again. So be on the lookout for that. I was one of, one of the artists of one of the branches of the characters going on an adventure. Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That, that is it. I don't, I don't have any more questions. Ah, I love talking to you. Joey is really <laughs> awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And Thank of course, you for having me. Absolutely. And of course, thanks for listening in. Our podcasts are available on iTunes and any other podcast app. And of course, the website, thegrangegathering.com. We have articles, video series, and podcasts as well. Other podcasts as well. While you're there, go ahead and contact us. We would love to hear from you. And to stay updated, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch. And the intro is provided by bensound.com. And you can find Heavenly Kibble. Guardian Corgi, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> at Joey... It's okay, it's a tough title. <laughs> I know. No, I like it, I love it. Uh, at joeyfoster.com under books, and you can click on them. And um, any, uh, by any chance, uh, maybe on Comixology anytime soon? Or oh, Yes, yes, uh, all of the Corgi issues and also Clucked is available on Comixology. So just ah, go looking for it there. Perfect. And so come and join the gathering. Have a great weekend. GGG. <laughs> Bye. Ah.